are now listening to Car Radio, brought to you by Walkers TV from YouTube. Okay, boys and girls, welcome to a whole brand new episode, episode of Car Radio. Today, I'm very excited to announce that I have a very, very cool guy first, but also the senior designer over at McLaren to talk to us today about the McLaren Speedtail. And then at the end as well, I have a few questions that you guys asked me to ask him as well. So we'll leave it to the end. But first, let me introduce uh, Alex from McLaren. Alex, how you doing, man? Good, good. Thank you. Good. Yeah, uh, thanks for, uh, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I think we've run into each other a few times on shows and finally it's a good time to do this. So, <laughs> so we've been everywhere from a Hampton Court to uh, I think Salon Privé and yeah. then other shows previously as well. Yeah. And uh, one thing is for sure, right? Everyone who knows you, everyone says how nice you are as, as a guy. So it's like, <laughs> everyone says Alex is a really, really nice guy. So that's like a universal thing that everyone, everyone talks about. So really glad to have you on the show today. Um, so Alex, look, when I was a kid, I think most of us who were into cars when we were kids, we all wanted to be either a racing driver or like a car designer or something. Because I know from my own experience, when I was in school, when we did like, uh, like portraits, I always ended up sketching cars. I mean, badly, but that was what my passion was because I just loved the whole idea of cars. Yeah. And then I was making cars out of, um, it's really hard to explain because I, I grew up in Africa, right? So we used... Mm like wire that you bend into the shape of a car and then put it all together with rubber bands and whatever to make a car. That's what we used to do. Um, mm -hmm. So like for you growing up, what was it like? I mean, did you always want to work in the car industry or was that something that you kind of like fell into later on in life? Well, I mean, like you as well, uh, I'm, I'm not originally from America or England or anything. So I, I grew up in Bulgaria. Uh, I, was, I was born there. And uh, about till about 10 years or so, uh, I lived in the country before moving to the States. So I also, you know, always liked cars. I think I, I remember my first Hot Wheels was, uh, you know, a little uh, Trans Am, Pontiac Trans Am. So I still remember that thing. But, uh, you know, yeah, we used to make, uh, you know, little wooden cars and stuff and, and toys. And, and that was just, that's how I kind of got exposed to cars and, and what I really liked about them. Um, <clears throat> never was that a plan for me uh, as far as, you know, career. Huh. I always liked cars. Uh, I always liked drawing a lot as well. So for me, kind of that merge between the two of them really happened um, just about kind of high school level, as they say, grade twelve through uh, nine through twelve in the states, where where I kind of thought, okay, well, let me let me see actually how I can find out about this because I like drawing. I like the creation of things, you know, design that kind of thing. And how do I apply that to cars? And um, it's one of those interesting fields where a lot of people don't know the answer to that. Uh, so even speaking to teachers, instructors and everything, uh, they always thought, oh, you just have to be an engineer uh, and then, you know, you design cars. Uh, so yeah, it was really difficult challenge, actually, to, to find out how to actually get into this this road. And as I kind of matured, obviously, and I got towards uh, finishing up my studies and, and graduating high school, um, you know, I started watching this TV show called uh, Overhauling. And on that show was Chip, Chip Foose. Now, Chip Foose uh, uh, was, you know, this super talented guy as well. He's not only a designer, but he builds a lot of these cars, uh, really high-end kind of restoration, uh, modified classic cars as well. Yeah. So on the show, he, he did a lot of sketching. So he would talk to a client. He would do a sketch live, you know, with markers, chalk, the whole thing, and uh, and give it to the customer as an impression that this is what your car is going to look like. And I was just like, man, that's what I want to do because that's the art and, and that's the cars and it all kind of comes together. So Doing a bit of research yeah. there, I ended up finding out that he studied at Art Center College of Design, and uh, that's the university out in California. So looked into that, 
um, obviously, it was on the other side of the country for me. I was in Florida. That's where I grew up. Yeah. In California, 3,000 miles away. Uh, super expensive university. Uh, you know, they required some of the most strict entrance portfolios uh, that, that I've ever, you know, been aware of. Uh, and, and really, in the United States, there's two places to go. It's either creative studies, uh, college for creative studies in Detroit or California. I think I chose the, the warmer climate for a reason. So oh, oh, I, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, so I, yeah, pretty much that's how it kind of all started. Is you know, I've always liked cars. I've always liked design and sketching and, and artwork and, uh, and, and kind of uh, the culmination of art and science. And that is pretty much design. Um, in automotive design, you, you work with the engineering teams. You work with the aerodynamics teams. It, it doesn't just have to look good. It has to perform a function. So, um, and then that's what I really like because it's it's a very practical, you know, methodology to approaching a challenge. You know, it's not just creating art for the sake of art. It, it actually solves a problem. And I think that's that's yeah. one of the things that yeah led me down this path. So, see, that is amazing, right? Because you had that initial inspiration from watching some guy doing sketches for you to realize, you know what, I want to try that. Yeah. Mm -hmm probably like loads of kids around the world maybe who have no access to the internet or even like a television or something like that. And mm. then they have no kind of like, how can I say, spark to, to make them think maybe I can do something like this. So mm. it's, it's, it's interesting how inspiration kind of like, um, uh, how is a kid, something as simple as maybe watching a TV show or maybe reading a book or something mm. can inspire yeah. you to a path that you're gonna take, um, eventually that will become a, a career. So that's, uh, I find that very, very interesting. No, it's great, and especially now with social media. I mean, you, you know all about this, but it's opened yeah. the door for so so many opportunities like this. The, you know, sometimes I'll get messages from from people in you know in, in uh, Australia or South America or where, and it's really cool because it's really linked and opened the door for a lot of these conversations. Uh, I wouldn't have you know had a much easier time finding out about design if Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or any of that was really popular back in you know. 2000 whatever one so it, it, it <laughs> yeah. would have really helped so i think at the moment there's a lot of tools now and a lot of opportunities for people to be really exposed to stuff like this so yeah we are su we live in such an incredible time <clears throat> i mean with uh, with everything i think we're at the cusp of where things are changing from how we know it is when we're growing up to a whole completely different thing. Obviously, you're talking about mm. like electric cars, for example, we're moving from obviously gas yeah. engines, which some of us love very much, to uh, a whole new era. And uh, it's, in a way, it's sad for us that we're leaving the old behind because we're used to the old, but moving to the new. But mm. to a kid, I guess, growing up, uh, I don't know, 10 years from now, will be like just normal life. And uh, yeah, they'll sure. never get to know the other side of things. But in a way, we're quite lucky that we have that... Um, we get the best of, of both, so to speak. Yeah, seeing the transition is important. It's really nice because, yeah, you can you can always, you know, um, retain the good parts from one and then really kind of push that into the future, so. Yeah. So after your studies, um, so when did the big break come? Like, you know what? I actually, like, uh, you went for a maybe I had a job interview, you applied for a job, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually now a car designer. So mm. when did that happen, and what did it feel like when you realized, like, you know what, I've actually achieved my, my, my dream? Well, yeah, uh, as I guess it's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but there is one opportunity that I think I, I was exposed to that really let a lot of this happen for me. Uh, going to the Art, art uh, University, Art Center College of Design, I mean, it's a super creative environment, super competitive environment. I mean, uh, yeah. to put it into perspective, when we started my program, there was about 26 kids, 30 kids. 
I could probably say about six of us graduated after about four years or so. So it's, it's the, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where the, uh, first monetary concerns come into play. How do you pay for this? Uh, secondly, yeah. the, the com competition and the jobs. There are probably less uh, car designer jobs in the world than there are football players, for example. So that I can definitely see that. Yeah. When, when you put it into that perspective, you're going into a super competitive, super creative environment where you, you first, I think I got really lucky as well. There's always an element of luck. And if people don't agree with that, I, I think they're a bit naive because you do have to be at the right place at the right time at moments yeah. in your life for things to align. But anyway, so yeah. through, the, through, through college, I think uh, one thing that's really unique about design is a lot of people go through internships. Uh, they'll do placements, uh, particularly in America, it's during uni, but here, uh, I know in the UK, it's mostly post-graduation or sometimes before. But uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, you, try to do, you try to do as much uh, as far as networking, as far as the, uh, kind of learning on, on the job. You know, I, I did an internship at uh, uh, Vox, uh, sorry, Volkswagen, um, Volvo in Camarillo, California. I did a, another internship in Japan in uh, uh, Toyota, an advanced studio. Yeah. So you try you try to be ex as exposed as you can to, to learn as much as you can, because there's obviously different mindsets of design depending on the region you're working for. So um, obviously yeah, along that path, you, you kind of aspire to be at a company, you aspire to work somewhere, and you kind of create what is your ideal vision and, and, um, and how you want to be in the industry after you graduate. But Reality often strikes, and it's it's not what you think it is. Uh, in this case, like I said, for me uh, personally, McLaren was a is a Halo brand. I mean, I, I had an F1 on my wall when I was six years old. So, right? Yeah. So, like, I most, of, most, <laughs> most of us, yeah. most of us probably did. So it was like it was one of those things where I just I figured, you know what? That's well beyond uh, what I what I expect to achieve. So, uh, you know, I've always liked the brand. I've always liked Lamborghini. I've always liked, you know, just I had different levels of, of, of uh, kind of uh, approach that I wanted to take. And in this case, what ended up happening was I was quite active at the university. I helped out with events, car shows that the school would always put on events and have the design students sitting there sketching, for example, at Pebble Beach. So I used yeah. the opportunities presented by the university to, to kind of just learn as much as I can about the, you know, the, the, the events, the shows, the people, the culture of cars. And um, anyway, towards the end of about graduation time um, was around the time McLaren launched the P1. Uh, so, yeah, they launched the P1. I was doing my final final semester of, uh, of university. I actually did a Lamborghini project. Uh, wow. But anyway... <laughs> And uh, it, so I did the I did the the, the project and, and just after graduation around March time. So we graduated in the fall, and uh, around March time, my uh, head of programs at the university said, "Hey, by the way, there's a, a private unveiling of the P1 to customers, and, and some dealers and stuff in, in Beverly Hills." And uh, he said, "You know, I, I uh, if you want, uh, let me know, and then I'll I'll make sure to get you guys in, and that way you can see the car, you can." <laughs> You can meet some of the people, and I think a few students were offered this opportunity, and uh, it was, you know, not the best time for some people. Or it was just too far away; it's on the other side of town. Wow! And um, and I, I I said, you know, there's no way in hell I'm going to miss this. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was there, and actually, I was the only one that showed up. Uh, no way! So, I know. So at the time uh, when I went, uh, obviously my university uh, director was there. Uh, Frank Stephenson was well was there. Frank is, is a, another former alum of Art Center College of Design. So obviously there's a bit of a connection there, and that's that's why the students were asked, "Hey, do you want to come?" So uh, Frank was there. I kind of 
looked around all night, looked at the car. I was I was drooling. It was hard to keep myself composed uh, <laughs> because uh, at the time it was it was the volcano orange car that uh, that was just oh launched. that was a launch color, wasn't it? I think yeah, exactly. The color, yeah. Yeah. And, and and even the interior, nothing had been revealed as far as the interior goes. So the glass house was blacked out. It was painted in from yeah. the sides. So there was no interior. Well, it was an interior, but it wasn't public yet. So anyway, I, yeah. I went to the show. Um, you know, it was it was fantastic. Jane Leno was there. Everyone was there. We were looking at the car, chatting, talking, and uh, and I was fortunate enough, like I said, to be invited. Uh, I ended up going, and my uh, program director at the time approached Frank and was like, "Hey, Frank, this is Alex. Uh, he's just graduated. Why don't we get him a job?" And <laughs> it was li- it was literally th- uh, that straightforward. And I was just a bit like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> so uh, wow. obviously, be. Being an eager and hungry graduate, uh, I obviously had a portfolio. I had one of these little things with me. Uh, I don't know if you can yeah. see it. But, oh, those and, are uh, USB things. <laughs> yeah, I had, you know, they used to make them like a little credit card, but they had a USB in them. And, uh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. That was how I had my graduation portfolio. And uh, and I was instantly ready. He said, oh, send me your portfolio. I have it with me. So I, uh, I handed it over. <laughs> and, uh, you know, great night met some great people obviously looked at the car and um and yeah about a couple weeks later frank had gotten back to england obviously shared my portfolio with the rest of the team uh with with rob melville at the time who was there as well with you know there was it's quite a small team at the time it was about six people i think um and uh a few weeks later i heard back from mark roberts who was the studio manager at the time and uh and he just basically said hey would you like to come out for an internship and um at first, I was like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> no problem." Of course, yeah, of course. So, uh, I uh, yeah, definitely took him up on the offer. I uh, I came out here in uh, about Mayish, uh, twenty thirteen, yeah. and um, next thing you know, it's two thousand twenty, and I'm still here. So. That's literally seven years ago. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty so much. recent. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Time time's flown by. It's it's been great. Like I said, the uh, joining was never a, a real kind of a plan i never thought this was going to be possible so it was it was just uh, a luck a risk you know like i said trekking across los angeles at rush hour time traffic i wasn't gonna yeah. miss it for anything so yeah that is so interesting like you said earlier that um sometimes you get lucky but at the same time i think sometimes you put yourself in positions where you kind of make your own luck as well because yeah, like you true. said a lot of other students were offered the same opportunity but you saw something different in that opportunity and you took it up. So mm. had you not done that, so in a way you kind of made your own luck in the first place, right? So I guess Possibly. the elements of that as well. But it's, it's so crazy when you see the journey of um, so a mini version of you from way back when, watching this, I don't know, TV show of this guy sketching. And then obviously mm. you go into high school, then uni, and then like taking this opportunity to go see the P1 being unveiled. And then the next thing you know, you are working at McLaren. That's that's kind of that's kind of nuts. <laughs> you yeah, you, you do pinch you pinch yourself sometimes. Yeah, because you know, you never know. You never know what door is going to open wherever yeah. you go and whoever you meet. So yeah, just be receptive sure. to uh, possibilities and uh, I guess take risks, as they say, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wor- worst case, worst case that could have happened is I would have seen the P one and that would have been the end of it. But still, I would have seen the P one. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh, so. Um, what was that first day like at McLaren? I guess, did you arrive at the McLaren Technology Center? I mean, just like probably everyone around the time, um, there was a documentary about the McLaren factory, you know, uh, yeah. building a supercar or something anyway. So it was 
great about 20 30 minute uh, documentary on youtube and uh, and i watched that probably about 20 times before uh you know arriving i was just so excited to see the cars the production the building i mean it's like uh, it's like working at a james bond villain lair you know it's like oh it's my so, god so yeah. out there and so high tech uh, it's it's not like many other buildings or places so uh yeah anyway i, I kind of tried to get myself in a mindset super excited uh, i showed up my first day and uh you know you, you show up to a gatehouse it's obviously super confidential stuff going on between formula one and everything else so they, yeah. they tell you which way to go. You go up, you know, the, the BC finger, you take a lift up, you go to reception. They'll tell you where to wait, what to do. And, um, yeah, so I, I ended up arriving. I was collected in the first day in the studio. There's your desk. Uh, we have a review uh, in, in three days. Could you please uh, do some sketches for the 720S? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was a great, great opportunity. Uh, and it was kind of you're jumping in the deep end. It's it's one of those places where um, no no sketch goes unutilized, no time is wasted. So you uh, you effectively produce uh, to work from day one. So um, you know it was such a good opportunity uh, to to kind of get knee deep in it immediately. And uh, you you have to kind of pick up the uh, pick up the the program where it is and, and crack on. So that's very much that's a, I think. Yeah, it, it's a very sorry to interrupt you, but it's a very kind of Formula One driven attitude because it's like we got a problem, we got to fix it, move. You know, it's like there's no, there's not too much time to kind of just sit and, you know, waste time. So, yeah, because everything at McLaren seems very very fast paced. It, it just it, McLaren reminds me of like uh like every year you have a new iPhone, right? And I just get the impression that McLaren everything just works like. Uh, Everything is fast. I mean, you release so many cars, so many models of cars mm. coming out like on a regular basis. I think you got in, mm. is it Fast 22 or Track 22? Track uh, 22, yeah. McLaren. Yeah. So that's, that's quite very, that's, that's very soon. I'm excited to like, uh, to see what McLaren is going to come up with uh, in the next year and a bit. And mm. there's so many things going on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, the company has to have a vision, has to have some targets that, that they outline. So uh, it's cool. All that stuff gets updated as the cars obviously come out. But you know, yeah. there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of products coming out uh, a couple of years ago, especially. But uh, I think now it's kind of starting to stabilize, isn't it? Because you have your sport super and ultimate series, so it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a clear cut which car sits where, and um, you know, it's 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 good. It's really exciting time. Yeah, and uh, for me, McLaren, they make some of the most like when you see a McLaren, it's, it's very difficult to not remember a McLaren model, like the 720S when it came out. I remember my first memory of, uh, mm. I think it was Paul Supercars of London. He was invited to, uh, to one of the unveilings or something. And mm. I remember when I tuned in, the car was just spinning around and I saw this, the, the silhouette of the, of the car. I just remember thinking, wow, those lines are mm. beautiful. And then the lights came on. And then I go to see the, the rest of the lines of the car. For me, that side view is absolutely beautiful. Mm. And then, they run their back as well. That back is, uh, oh man. <laughs> it is just nice. like, it is beautiful. Like, um, for me, I think from a design aesthetic, aesthetics point of view, the, the lines, everything just flows for me. And uh, for me, that is uh, aesthetically very, very pleasing, I think. Mm. And obviously you worked on, um, on that. I mean, what was that like? When you get a design brief, I mean, what is it like? Like the first meeting of when a new model is, is coming out? Generally, yeah, when, when the design is kicked off or there's a brief, it's say that you know that's a it's a combination of uh, engineering coming together with design, with mark with marketing, and everyone's got external factors that influence what this car is going to be. 
So, um, you know, sometimes it involves uh, speaking to customers about, you know, for example, what was the 650S like and then where does the 720 need to be? But I think one of the things we do very well is that uh, a lot of the time when a car is being replaced, for example, 650 to 720, it's, it's not an evolution of a change. It's it's a revolution. Yeah. So there's there's quite a lot of really unique technology, whether it's design and all those things that come together. So it's not... It's not a very subtle change to the product. It's you know it's a it's a big change and and it's a big change that it will make the car perform better, look fantastic, and uh, you know really kind of be iconic. And I think, like you said as well, for me, I think there's a strong identity anyway yeah. uh, between the products. So although the design language might evolve and, and you know some of the cars if you know p1 you compare that to the 720 it's still a mclaren um there, there's yeah. everything all the principles and the, the way that the cars are designed with the kind of the values uh, are all applicable on every single product so uh you know everything is inspired by nature everything is shrink wrapped you know everything's there for a reason on a mclaren and those are the things that will always be the case on every car um, i'm sure we do so, uh, but but having kind of this this iconic image, you know, the P1 is just going to have probably the most recognizable rear end forever. Uh, <laughs> you know, look, looking at the 720s front end as well, that was you know obviously yeah. uh, Paul House and Rob uh, did a fantastic job on that, and, and that that front end is going to be iconic for a long time yeah. uh, because it's 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 it serves a function. You know, the headlight being an intake, but it also it's striking. You you can't mistake that for anything else. So. So but that's the interesting to thing to you, that I've a fan. Mm. Yeah, no, I let you. I let you carry on. Sorry, sorry. To your point, yeah, it's the the product briefs are effectively the targets for the car. You know, it has to be the most stunning McLaren. It has to do this. It has to be that how much that much downforce. It needs to have you know integrated active aero. It has so that's effectively what it is. It's it's a com- composition of kind of keywords, key phrases that put together. Uh, an idea of what this car is and uh, and then it's for the rest of the teams you know for for to kind of come together and propose uh options and and uh, you know different ways that the car could be uh developed and designed so i think at the, at the end of the day once you go through the process you ultimately get what you get at the end but uh they're very strong targets at the beginning of every project ha, interesting so you said when you were six you had um that pictures or posters of uh, the McLaren F4 on the wall, right? So yep. how did that translate? Oh, it's like, I, I remember the first time I saw that car, I was like, this this possibly can't be real. Like um, humans actually made this, I think it was a Top Gear program or something. And then yeah. I remember, I think it was Jeremy who opened the engine bay and there's this gold leaf everywhere. And then they're talking about the whole like uh, ground force effect and all these things. I just thinking, how is this possible? Because to me, there was nothing like the F1 when the F1 came out. There was mm. there's nothing like hypercars at the time. I mean, the F40 was cool when I was like, I was like wow, that's, that's that's an incredible car. And then obviously the Diablo, you know, every kid has a poster of that. But when mm-hmm. that F1 came out, oh my gosh, that was like, um, it was like an evolutionary leap in terms of like uh, what a car is able to do. In ter- like just the way it looked was like nothing else. And then yeah. the tech they used and carbon fiber tubs, they used no other car mm-hmm. I think was doing that at the time as well. And yeah. the whole thing that this car was not just made for racing on track, but you could actually use it as a daily car as well. You can carry two extra people, you have mm-hmm. space for luggage and all these things. And yet it was also the fastest car in the world. So that combination for me was absolutely mind blowing, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, like I said, that car had ultimate vision. I mean, it had, it had also a very small team 
on it that yeah. were very al- very aligned to each other, and they were all just doing what they you know all agreed on. Uh, yeah. I mean, the technology technology is amazing. The details amazing. If you've ever seen one of those things taken apart, the control ar- the control arms are beautiful. The bolts that hold them on are beautiful. You know, and there's not one detail on that car that isn't fantastic, and um, yeah. and I think that's the mindset that that really came from the racing side as well as obviously you know with Gordon Murray and, and the rest of the team that developed that to me personally like they were fanatical about every detail and and that's how you yeah. create an iconic car because it's not just about how it looks or just about having the fastest zero to you know 60 uh, acceleration or anything like that it, it's it's all it has all of it so yeah, yeah. I will mm. never forget. And then the fact that you say it's a manual. I mean, everything I love about cars, um, it had everything there for a proper gearhead, someone who loved cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a yeah. beautiful story. Okay. So let's put the McLaren F1 to the side, Whew, reluctantly onto the side. Uh, let's talk about the speed tail. Okay. So the speed mm. tail, obviously, um, a lot of people think that is a uh, successor to the McLaren F1 or it's a replacement to the F1. But from what your point of view, uh, Tell me the story of how the Speedtail became to be, the development process, and uh, you know, and, and your role in that. Well, Speedtail, I guess when it when it kind of kicked off. I mean, I know you saw the car, uh, I and mean, you got some really good footage of it oh, yeah. in Hampton Court. So Addicted. it was nice to <laughs> ni- nice to chat <laughs> nice to chat with you a little bit about it in, uh, with Steve yeah. as well. So, but uh, no, I mean, the the cars uh, originally when it kicked off was uh, quite interesting because when we when we kicked that off a couple of years, geez, it's been a few years now. Um, the, the program itself was supposed to be only a handful of cars. Um, it was supposed to be for a, a very, very limited production run. I think it was like six cars or something. And then six cars. Uh, yeah, when, when people when people found out about it, obviously there's a lot of interest. You're sitting in the middle. It's super exciting. And um, and slowly the program expanded. It went from six to twelve to you know thirty something, and then ultimately ended it up at at a hundred and six. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, the 106 is is you know obviously related to the number of F1s oh, produced. Oh, the F1 as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was limited at that. But uh, from from the kickoff, you know, like I said, uh, there's a bit a few moments like this in my kind of design experience uh, of life that I've just thought, how the heck did I end up in this position? <laughs> and uh, when, when that when that kicked off, we were all I mean super thrilled. I mean, you're you're working on uh, what is the next three seater a car that is a nod to the F1. It's like, uh, it's super exciting, super exciting opportunity. So like I said, the program, when when we worked on it, uh, changed a little bit, but uh, very, very cool. Cause from a design perspective, you're you're looking to create something that's very different than Asena, than anything else we've done. So um, it, it, it also challenged us um, to, to look and uh, in the interior as well, you're sitting in the middle. I mean, not, not many designers in history have been able to design a fully symmetrical interior because yeah. obviously you're either left or right hand drive. So a whole new set of challenges, uh, but but super exciting. And that's the kind of project you probably get to do once in your lifetime. So yeah. it's a, it's a madness. I remember the unveiling at the, when I say I remember, that's actually not quite true because I was in Geneva mm-hmm. and I was walking around. It was my first time in Geneva as well as a car show. And for some mad reason, I actually missed him. <laughs> I missed the speed tail. I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. And then when I realized that it was there, I couldn't find it anymore because I think they move it from one place to another. Yeah, so yeah. I spent, I think, a whole day trying to find the speed tail and, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't find it. And I was so frustrated because I didn't remember seeing the pictures online. My first thought was like... Uh, 
it looked like someone got a piece of um what's that material ah uh, not lint uh, of like silk kind of it looks like someone silk, just yeah. got yeah. silk and just pinched it and uh just let it flow through the air it's like you can't help but think about air when you think about the the speed mm. tail just um it's more about the elegance of the shape and just how effortless it looks. Mm. It just looks like it, it, this thing can just cut through air like uh, it doesn't even exist. It just has that really elongated, very elegant, very smooth, very... I don't know what words yeah. to use, but there's something very silk-like and very effortless about the design of it. Well, and I think you're, just, you're, using, cool. <laughs> you're using the right <laughs> words, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It just flows, isn't it? That, that ever, um, all the, everything just flows from one to the next, and then just that that back end, the way it just kicks off. Yeah, it is like um, I, I don't design cars, but to me, that's just like wow. Someone actually just like someone just got a pen, just went, whew, 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 just went like that, and it was like, yep, the car's complete. That's what it looks like to me, mm-hmm. and everything just seems so seamless to the point of where uh, the the rear is aileron. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the real the, yeah. the right word is. No, that's the correct. fact yeah. that it's it's seamless as well. It's just like, I don't know what kind of tech yeah. that is, but the actual bodywork will curl yeah. up and curl down, and there's no seams in between. I mean, what is going on there? I mean, tell, like, I'm, I'm losing my mind out in here. So I let you like talk about the whole, you know, how all the design and, and how the shape became what it is and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the car itself, you described, I think, well, it's uh, it's all about kind of this sleek and seamless approach that, that was used. It's, you know, reducing the unnecessary. Uh, it's completely different than a Senna. But, uh, you know, there, there was a really interesting challenge as well, because you said it, it every, like you said as well, everything's kind of flowing from one shape to another. It, it almost looks like an effortless kind of uh, volume where the airflow can just flow beautifully around the car. Um, and there's quite a lot of work that goes into that. Um, and I think, yeah. uh, you know, the, the exterior team, the uh, aerodynamic team, all, all the guys, I mean, it was such a such a challenge to, to make sure that uh, proportionally the car looks nice, that the aerodynamically it functions and, and it just looks beautiful. I think the car's previously been described as a future concourse classic. And that's, yeah. you know, that's that's the kind of environment the car thrives in. I think it looked amazing in Hampton Court when you came as well and you saw it because it's like, that's exactly the environment it's designed for. It's uh, it kind of fits really well in there, and and not only does it do that well, but it also has some of the fastest acceleration, and actually is the fastest accelerating McLaren we've ever done. So, yeah. um, it, it's it's really cool when all of those elements come together. But all of that kind of idea you can see actually uh, makes for a very unique shape, a very unique, recognizable shape again uh, on McLaren because. It's it's not a Senna with big intakes and a lot of downforce and a big wing. It's super integrated, super refined, uh, and and you know that that's what also leads to technology like the one you mentioned on the ailerons. So that that was that was a really cool part of the program because when we were doing that, we were obviously doing sketching and there was multiple themes and, and everything. But like I said, when a team is aligned and and they 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 deliver exactly what uh, the vision is, you get opportunities like those ailerons so at the time we were sketching uh it was actually pretty cool because we thought okay well what could we do to to really continue this sleek and seamless approach to make sure that we don't have extra parts that that aren't necessary moving things heavy mechanisms stuff like that and i look to um you know obviously every one of us look to kind of find a solution and one of the things that um was was really cool that kept popping up a little bit was these uh this flex foil style systems where 
they, they actually looked at reducing drag on, on wings on airplanes because obviously you yeah. reduce drag on a plane that equals fuel cost, et cetera, et cetera. It means your efficiency goes up quite a lot. And um, anyway, that being said, uh, that was presented in one of the reviews and, um, you know, everyone was like, oh, actually, that's that's pretty cool. Can we make this work? You know, a, a living carbon fiber panel that bends or the live hinge. And, um, and and the engineering guys were super up for it. They're like, yeah, let's do it. This this will work. So, let you know, they did they did some like proof of concepts, as we call them, and, and they mocked up like uh, a trailing edge of the rear of the car. Uh, the thing was put through, I don't know how many, it was like hundreds of thousands of cycles. To, to test the carbon fiber for fatigue and um, yeah. yeah it was it was really cool to see that because that was like done downstairs in the dungeons uh, secretly <laughs> yeah. you know and it, it was really cool and, uh, and now you see it and it's and then it's on a car and really the speedtail is a show car for the road it's like you the stuff on it you know on the exterior and on the interior is so far out there it's it's you know you don't really get that on a, on a production car ever um, so uh, yeah very exciting I mean it was it was it was the kind of thing like I said where show car kind of solutions uh, effectively put onto a car that a customer can buy and and that's you know i think it's exciting from that side as well because a lot of people that have a speedtail or getting a speedtail uh they're they're early adopters to technology that doesn't exist so uh it's super cool to be part of that journey as well if you think so see that is it's crazy the thing about one thing you see about mclaren is um I think they're always trying to push. I don't want to use the word boundaries because it sounds very, very cliche, right? But I think with every generation of your, like, you know, your top of the line cars, the F1, for example, there was, it did things that no other car did, right? The P1 was doing things that no other car did in terms of like uh, the drivetrain and, 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 and all those things and the design as well. And now the Speedtail just takes that to a whole new level. The whole thing, for me, like the, um, the hingeless live aileron thing, that was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on here? Because I was trying to figure out how, how you guys doing this. I mean, I don't know yeah. anything about the tech, but it's, it's just interesting that you had to employ that tech to keep that whole seamless kind of look. I mean, literally, if aliens could ever make a car, that's literally what it is. I think you guys have some secret aliens in the dungeon that, you guys <laughs> <laughs> that are doing things because... Uh, it is just cool. Um, it, yeah. It just looks really, really cool. And, and the practicality side of it as well, because, I mean, not many cars can do what it does in terms of carrying um, passengers. You can literally carry two extra people in the, in, in the car with you. And, um, mm. you know, it's a car that can go very, very fast, but at the same time, it's not designed necessarily for the track. It's, it's designed more, it's, it's a GT car, really, isn't it? It's like a hyper GT car, basically. Mm -hmm. To be able to yeah. travel long distances at speed but also in complete comfort at the same time yep. looking cool cooler cool as hell basically at the same time and i think that's a very mm. very cool combination in terms of um or reimagination of uh, what a hyper gt can be like you know so that's yeah. that to me that's cool yeah it's it's a different take it's like i said it, it doesn't step on the toes of any other car so um yeah it's it's cool to, it's a cool journey to be part of and and like i said when i was at art center pulling all-nighters left and right, doodling whatever I was. I never thought that that would be the challenge. I would uh, be fortunate to be on a team of people that, that do or develop. So, um, super cool, super cool. So, like, so you have now, the, the car has been designed and, you know, you've got the first model for, for the launch. W what is that feeling like from when you know the car is going to be unveiled at Geneva and you know, oh, what is it like leading up to that event? You know, how frantic is it? Because I'm trying to picture what it must be like inside 
their technology center because that place looks very cool. It looks like an alien spaceship. It reminds me very much of the Apple, um, you know, the, the, the new spaceship one, whatever they call mm -hmm. it. Of, of course, that came yeah. after you guys. Maybe the maybe you guys inspired them. I don't know, but it, it, they literally look like two spaceships that just came out of nowhere and just landed like next to the yeah. lake or whatever it is. It, it's um, funny so you make. Is, it's funny <laughs> you make that comment, but I I, I think it's funny because it's it's around building and then yeah, well, you have a speed tail like like that coming out of it. It does seem a little bit kind of right? extraterrestrial. <laughs> Yeah. See, I was expecting to hear that like alien sounds or something because it's it's just crazy. Like um, there literally is nothing on planet Earth like it because some cars you can relate them to look like other cars. The F1 came out, nothing like it. Uh, the Senna, nothing like it, right? Senna just looks like something like out of, I, mm. I don't want to say hell because it just looks like, you know what? Like it just looks raw and angry. I mean, when it came out, I wasn't necessarily like, I was like, what is going on here? And then I saw one in the flesh and my mind changed because I started to realize why certain design decisions were made. Because like you said, my camera doesn't do anything just for the sake of doing it. Everything serves a function. Now, when you realize mm. why that shape is the way that it is or why that um, inlet is the way that it is, everything kind of falls into place. So you kind of have to appreciate mm. engineering as well as design to really appreciate what McLaren is. But then you look at the speed tail, that's just like, what is going on here? So... Mm. So every car is different, but the philosophy is the same uh, throughout the different yep. cars. Yeah, yep. I, I'm just getting a bit too excited. It's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, no, I forget cool. where I was before. What was I talking about before I even went into the whole center thing? Um, the, the the building in the Apple. Yes, yes, mm. that that is. It is crazy. Oh yeah, I was talking about the, the the drama leading up to the launch of a car. What is that like? That's right. Um, well, this one was a bit different compared to other um, kind of programs because um, Speedtail was launched effectively sold out before we even finished designing the car. Um, yeah. So, so from that perspective, it wasn't really a, a car that you, you kind of needed to launch at, at a big event at a big show because it's already sold out anyway. So there was a really nice, really intimate uh, showing to the customers in, in London um, where they were all invited to come out and. Um, that was the first time I think October 2018. Uh, yeah. It was that was that was the first time that the customers were able to see the car, a beautiful place. You know the way it was done, the the silver car you saw, the show car, uh, the liquid yeah. silver car. That was that was there, and I mean they they all had an opportunity to have a look at it. Obviously everything was opening up interior and and so people were just you know it was the reactions were awesome, and seeing the kind of covers uh, disappear off of it was it was you know pinch pinch yourself again moment because it was uh it was incredible after after the num the many years of work that and months that uh you know the people put in together uh, to deliver this thing it was, it was super cool and um yeah after the customers have seen the car it, it, then it kind of got put out into the public domain and uh, it started to show up at goodwood or geneva or other places and um and that's i think that's also really cool because stuff like this although it's sold and like gone uh, pretty quick. Uh, it's it's really nice when people get to see it. You know, you, the people that good with the normal kind of people that they probably will never own one uh, like me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you never least, said that. 
but it, it's really cool because it's such a, it's a halo product it's like imagining uh, imagine not ever seeing an f1 that would be super big bummer because it's such an aspirational product and um you know it's, it's super cool to be able to share it with people like that so it's nice that the cars are making the rounds i think recently a couple of weeks ago there was one at um at uh, caffeine and machine um you know oh. a couple of times they were spotted up here near guilford and stuff uh some of the test deals yeah. and stuff so it's really cool because it even even as funny as you're working on it and uh, and a lot of my friends at work as well uh, will agree with this is like you, you work on this thing and it's super cool and you're you know but you're used to it in that environment you're used to it yeah. at mtc or you're used to it in the production but as soon as you see that car that you've seen a million times and it passes you on the m25 you go, what the hell? <laughs> it looks it no, effortless. Looks, it's just, it just like glides past you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so my gosh. W- when you see it in a, in a natural environment, it looks even more like a spaceship than anything. So yeah, super cool. Absolutely insane. So obviously you can't talk about what's coming after the speed I, I I can't imagine what, I mean, or like if, if even the P1, I cannot imagine what is going to come out of that spaceship next. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's always fun be a... stuff. Yeah, there's yeah, always fun stuff going on. I could imagine. Okay, look, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, let's go through some of the questions that were asked uh, through social media. Okay, so are you ready for these? <laughs> okay. Let's okay. Let, go. let me get my phone out. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. So this is a combination of Reddit and uh, Instagram and YouTube. Eh? All right, let's find nice. this. Ba, 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 ba. Which one should I ask? Uh, make make them interesting. No boring questions, please. Yeah, that, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just scanning through them. Uh, oh my god. Um, ah, okay. This this sounds quite interesting, right? Uh, what's this person's name? I should have. I'll I'll probably just put it in the descriptions later. So, uh, he said, "What is?" the one design that you made of a car that later got shot down that you wish would have made it into production or even a prototype <laughs> well there it's um it's an it's an interesting one because um like i said i i work in a in a place in a design studio where very little is wasted uh, yeah. uh-huh. we're very we're very aligned to what needs to be delivered so a lot of the proposals and stuff are you know, very thoughtful and, and, you know, to the, to the point. So I can't say that I have worked on anything that kind of has been thrown away. I think, uh, the way we work uh, is such that, um, we're very careful not to waste time, energy or resources. So, uh, luckily in that kind of environment, we don't do show cars because our show cars are the cars that we build. So it's, it's super cool. That, that uh, you know, oftentimes you'll see a really cool show car and then five years later it comes into production and it looks nothing like the show car. I, so, I hate that. <laughs> oh my God, there's nothing yeah. worse. I hate that. <laughs> and personally, from a design perspective, like uh, to me, I find that extremely, I would find it kind of demoralizing because there's this awesome vision and if you can't deliver it, I'm not, you know, that's not really exciting for me. So, uh, in this case, I would say I haven't really worked on anything at, at, uh, in McLaren that uh, I wish had happened differently. I think we yeah. all go down the down the road, and it's it's it, the stuff that's delivered at the end is you know everyone's happy with it, uh, particularly in the design studio. So we we know that 
we achieve uh, we achieve what we set out to do. So, yeah, I, I can tell you many examples of doing sketches at, at university that I thought, oh, that would have been cool. But maybe looking at it back now, maybe my instructors were right <laughs> to tell me not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's an evolution, right? It's like, a, of course, you live yeah, and you course. learn. Always. I think I had a question from uh, George Danford. You, you, you might know George. George is like a, a McLaren obsessive. He literally, okay. the F1 is a B and end all of all cars, right? He's like, <laughs> I think I every car. George, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, big tall dude. Yeah, George. Oh yes. my gosh. I think he had a question for you. Um, let me find it. <laughs> this guy loves McLaren F1 even more than his parents, I think. It's like, it's that kind of craziness. <laughs> That's George's question. Uh, uh, <laughs> his question was pretty straight to the point, right? So from, from your point of view, right? He said, how would you spec your speed tail? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> that was a really difficult one because if, uh, but, but no, oh, I think, I, I think, I, I think I know what I do. I think personally, I really like, uh, colors like, Volcano yellow, volcano orange, volcano red. Some of those colors that really have a R lot of raucous red. You mean like right? The raucous red raucous is nice red? as well. That... Uh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I like those kind of colors because they really show off the form and the volumes. So, like you were saying on the twenty yeah. S, those shoulders and the, and the shapes and stuff. Yeah. Um, looking at those colors, they really accentuate the, the the shape and the leanness of the surfaces on the car. So, if I was going to spec the speed tail, it would probably be volcano orange. Um, and then on the interior, because obviously that's uh, the part that I, um, I, I help develop and, um, and, and design, um, I probably focus on doing orange as well, but like a, a nice vibrant orange. I would keep the driver's own area dark and probably have a faded uh, black to orange on the wings. But um, interesting. Uh, I think there's one car that I've seen on the production line where I looked and I went, that's exactly what I would order. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think when it, when it comes out, I'll send you a link to it so you can see it, but okay. it was, it was just, it was amazing. I think I would definitely stick to the McLaren roots and, and, uh, and, and pick a nice orange on the exterior and then maybe some black and orange uh, on the interior, because I think particularly on the interior, because you have all the leather and as, as kind of the leather content moves around to the back, you have just the exposed carbon structure. So picking yeah. a bright, con bright contrasting color next to black uh of because of the carbon fiber yeah. super cool so um <laughs> yeah and then and for example there's another one that uh, another speed tail which i thought was really cool was the the triple color blended one if you're if you've seen i think it, i it saw went, i think george might have sent me yeah yeah i saw that yeah yeah so so that one Whoa. that one faded from almost three different colors uh front to back on the car plus it had the contour pack which which like yeah. exposes key areas of uh, aerodynamic areas um and, and in that case there was carbon fiber so i mean so many options and opportunities but if i did I, i'd probably do a, a liquid orange or a, or a volcano orange with a contour pack exposed into carbon fiber uh with some really sharp orange accents on the interior so yeah i think oh, if you're gonna man, get a car like <laughs> if i'm gonna get a car like you're that, gonna I'm spend like, that kind of money yes <laughs> yeah. my, oh well. my gosh Whew, okay let me see what else i have here for you um Let's find because some of these you've already answered them during the conversation. So, okay, cool. So this one is um, <laughs> the 
okay this person said um why would you design the car that clean without any particular wings and not that many aerodynamic parts i think you already kind of answered this his name is dario fontana mm -hmm. this guy is an amazing photographer all the way from switzerland okay. um yeah how do you answer that one i think you may have already answered it but well uh, the simplest thing i could say is why not i mean if you can make <laughs> if you can make uh, if you can make one shape perform three different functions why wouldn't yeah. you you can save you can save weight you can save uh, on on arrow and drag you why not i mean what's yeah. the point in putting features that don't do anything um yeah 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 i guess it makes sense i mean the whole thing i think a wing will totally destroy uh, mm. I couldn't think of anything worse to have a wing on a, on a speed I mean, uh, yeah. it just It just wouldn't work. It's like it's like one of those things that um, obviously a lot of stuff in the past uh, has been presented as well. And Rob's talked about it and Frank. And biomimicry is one of those things that we obviously look to a lot. And that's looking at nature. Huh. You can you can yeah. learn a lot from you can learn a lot from nature. So when you look at when you look at a shark you know why doesn't a shark have three or four fins well because it doesn't need it, it it's <laughs> it's it's been yeah. designed to do everything it's supposed to with the bare minimum uh so yeah yeah even better a shark with a wing on the back <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> let my imagination go crazy uh i think yeah. we have space for maybe one more um okay This person said, um, what was the goal with a project? Um, it seems like a road legal streamliner to take the top speed record from Bugatti. Uh, the speed tail looks far more the part. So he likes to look at the speed tail more, but the mm. Bugatti obviously has a record by a large margin. Uh, and then he said, mm. that car looks great. I'm just confused on what it's for. Mm. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that? For me, I mean, I think, like you said, they're two very different cars. Um, this, yeah. The Speedtail, the Speedtail is is a Hyper GT. It's a it's a car that, like you said, can take three people. It's a car that has luggage. Um, yeah. It's a car that can do zero to three hundred in, in the fastest <laughs> accelerating car yeah. we've ever done. Um, so it's it's not necessarily about top speed. It's about how quick you get to speed. Yeah. So acceleration is far more important than top speed because when uh, you know when you start going that fast you need first you need 11 miles of road to go that fast and stop uh then you know you need special tires then you need special okay so it, it really it it doesn't provide um i think the easily easy approach to just going that fast you can jump in a speed tail and like, oh it's really uh, cool actually if, just to that point you know, in the, when they we did the photography and um, the, the the speed runs down in Florida in Cape Canaveral. Yeah, the the car did it many, 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 many times, and it wasn't on special tires and it wasn't uh, in a special you know uh, setup or anything. So it, it's the kind of car that accelerates really fast and it gets there uh, faster than anything else. Um, yeah, and, and it can do it repeatedly. Uh, from from yeah. you taking the key and jumping in it, there's no extra keys to be unlocking horsepower and stuff. I just think that they're very different cars. It, one's you know uh, one's very different. It obviously weighs and has a lot more horsepower, but the McLaren is is lightweight. It, it, it achieves similar things in a different way, and I think that's what's great yeah. thing about the world the world at the moment. It's so exciting to be in the car industry because everyone's trying to do some really amazing stuff. So. 
you can't knock on anyone's approach. Uh, it's just really cool that everyone finds different ways of doing similar things. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's super cool. But Okay. Now, to close things off, um, so what advice would you give to a younger you or someone out there in the world who is thinking about um, of one day becoming a car designer? What is the one piece of advice that you could, you could give them? Hmm. I, I get this one a, a few times when I, when I do questions and stuff. But it's yeah. it's actually interesting. I think um, a lot of a lot of people get scared away from you know the uh, kind of creative fields and the art industry and that kind of stuff. And, I, and it, there is a genuine concern because yeah, there's there's far fewer jobs than there are uh, you know people that want to do this. But um, I'd say if you set your mind to it and you do everything in your power to to achieve it, uh, you you can. I think if if you do get into the university you want. Um, you're going to have to work crazy hours. You're going to have to put together a great portfolio. Uh, but what you need to do is surround yourself with people that you can learn from. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes I've heard in the past is, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. And I yes. agree with that one because you, you, you need to be able to learn from, from many different people, whether that's people that are engineers, you know, people that are you know, uh, in, in aerodynamics, people, you know, just whatever it is. Uh, surround yourself in environments where you can actually learn a lot about different things. Um, if you do get into the university and you are there, uh, don't just be focused on the sketches. Uh, focus also on the production of things. How are things made? Because a lot of the time, the way things are made can influence the way you design them. If you 3D print a component, you can do something very different with it than if you machine it from solid, for example. Or if you injection mold it, or if you do whatever. So you have to be hungry to learn about design about the process about all of it and the biggest one i would say as well is always look for opportunities uh, and opportunities to create exposure for yourself to learn from people um, if you get invited to a car unveiling and uh, you know uh, you have to drive across los angeles at peak traffic just do it do it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you, you have to, you have to be curious. You have to be curious. You have to be kind of hungry and, and just just do it because you'll probably have a lot more regrets if you didn't do it than than if you didn't and it didn't work out. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. See, there you go, people. See, that's like um, advice there for you. So if you have uh, any dreams of one day designing uh, a Speedtail or something at McLaren or any other car manufacturer, this is perfect advice for you. Don't, don't, whatever you do, <laughs> turn down crossing the country to an unveiling. <laughs> do it, whatever you do. When you get there, um, also obviously be nice as well. Take a portfolio with you. <laughs> Imagine if you turned up, no portfolio, no business card, nothing. Whew. Yeah, mm. so be prepared for opportunities is basically, um, you know, uh, what, what you've said. So, sure. yeah. So I think we've pretty much covered everything. And I know you're a, a super, you're probably sketching something really, really cool right now. So I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the Car Radio Rockers TV show today. And um, if you want to check out Alex, uh, so I'm going to, this is your Instagram bit. So it's uh, Alexif underscore Alex. So I'm going to spell it out for you guys. So that's Alpha Lima Echo Zulu for X and uh, India Echo Victor underscore Alpha Lima Echo X-Ray. Did, did, I, did I do that right? <laughs> yeah. So that's him on Instagram. Go check out his Instagram. He often posts on there, but also does uh, live and stories as well. So, yeah. So thank you very, very, very much, Alex. 
and uh, I really appreciate your time. And uh, oh man, I cannot for, wait to put this together. <laughs> thanks for having me. No, it was it was great to meet you at the shows, and finally, I'm glad we were able to do this one. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I just remember the speed tour, man. It showed me around the whole thing. It was, yeah, oh, God, it was, yeah, mm. it was incredible. So, um, yeah, yeah, I can't thank you enough. But um, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you very soon at one of the shows at uh, maybe a secret unveiling somewhere. But uh, until fingers, then, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. We got some shows in. All right, take care. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Like, I think they, they get 2020 out the way first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let's exactly. let's move on from there. But uh, have, have an amazing rest of the day, Alex, and I'll uh, speak to you later, Thanks. okay? Thank you, okay. you too. Okay, ciao. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.